Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. back everybody to another episode of bench with bubba episode 600 as we are here to recap week 19 and fab talk about i don't know was there anything interesting on twitter the last couple days i don't know maybe we'll talk about that for a little bit and much much more you can find me on the twitter at bdntrick and my co-host this week who's been my co-host many weeks this month on this season on twitter at mike underscore curlin the king how we doing mike Wait a minute. Episode 600 and this is what we're doing? You got me like, I'm like, I want to I want to limit the time we're on. I'm tired tonight. I, I, for those who are watching the video, you can see I have, I've been sun-kissed, so to speak. And He's, I Florida. Am He's full Florida man right now. I, I, yeah, I was out there, panhand- I mean, at the beach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a great day, but, I, you know, I'm exhausted. I was like, oh, I got you. I didn't realize it was episode 600. I, now I got to bring some energy. I didn't I'm bring out the reserve energy right now, man. But it's been brutal mentally, physically. Like the beach was so neat today. I, I went full Rob D. I'm like, I just got to go to the beach. You know, that's Rob yep. D. place. Like go out and touch the grass type of thing. I'm like, I just got to get away, man. It's right. mentally yeah. and physically exhausting. Like not physically, just mentally exhausting to deal with Twitter the leagues the overall chase that i'm pretty much out of but just trying to cash in the overall at this point and much more there's a there's a lot to be said about that i like to go uh golfing on my course here in town it's a smaller course so i i'll put headphones in and just walk by myself and just kind of play golf it's peaceful it's quiet get outside and do a few things uh so yeah it's it's uh i understand what you're saying let's have some fun and we'll kick it off with some fun kind of we'll see uh, for those that sleep under a rock there was some drama on Monday night that carried into Tuesday. Um, I didn't get to it until a half hour after some supposed deadline was placed that I found out about after the fact. So that was lovely. But um, the NFPC, their website went down before lock. So they allowed it to be unlocked for a couple hours. Let people take people out that already played in the games and then locked it again before everybody could actually do anything. It was a very interesting situation. I know it's a tough situation. I'll admit that much. It's difficult. But it seemed like there were better options out there, one way or the other. Um, Curlin, were you able to take advantage of this? Because I sure as hell wasn't. So I was, but not in leagues that I really care about, as in my one league I really care about. Like, I care about all my leagues. I'm still, even my, there's leagues, there's two leagues where I'm 14th and 15th. I'm still setting lineups. I still made a point to go in and change what I could. So, yeah, I'm not going to not play within the rules. Like, that's stupid. Anyone says that other like they would do otherwise is a liar or dumb. Like I have no problem saying that because if you're given a window of opportunity to take advantage of, any competitor should take any edge they can get. Like if steroids are legal, take steroids. This is the closest thing to steroids we'll get in fantasy baseball. Um, I not everyone's gonna agree with that. I don't expect you to, but at the end of the day, everyone's most I should say everyone most people are gonna do it, and you gotta do what you gotta do in order to compete with with you know keep up with the joneses so to speak so yeah i took advantage of it where i could most of it was dcs and stuff where it's like oh jazz hit a home run let me go insert him into my dc line i sat him in and stuff like that because i don't have him in fab league so yeah, he was so, he was he was benched on my, all my teams yes yeah well he was on mine too i had two i had like three shares and they were all benched up until the home run because he was pinch hitting he wasn't logged you know he wasn't locked into the lineup and most and he was i think 65 percent started so a lot of people still started on that week and then afterwards it went up 10 percent. i took a picture before in main events i took a picture of the before and after so just to get an idea i'm like yeah it was 65 so a lot of people still started them so credit to those who did majority did but it was like stuff like that i noticed um I, I made sure to pull away i had no lugo no strider 
so I didn't have to worry about that. But um, like I had Estevez. This is where it gets frustrating for me. I had Estevez, which I would have gladly pulled him out. But the fact that they set this arbitrary, like, hey, we're gonna start it in the middle of the games. People got a chance to pull Strider, pull Lugo, pull um, insert relief pitcher here. I know there's a few others, but then the night those the late night games, we didn't have the same opportunities. So there was an unfair advantage for those who had players in the earlier games that they could kind of alter around. And I, like I said, I did it where I could. So I'm not, it's not like I didn't utilize the potential to do so. It just sucks that it wasn't a complete free square. Like it's, it should have been, in my opinion, it should have been all or nothing. I, I've been very vocal about this. It should have been either we're going to set lineups on Tuesday or we're going to lock them from before the first game. Because for like for instance, I was 20th overall or 19th overall entering the night. So I'm, I'm over here chasing for the overall. Do I expect to win the overall being that far away for two months left? No, it's, it would take a lot of consistent, like just top tier production. I don't think I, I, but I, I do think I could have at least, you know, I could still fight to be a top 10 team. Like I still have that. I still have that potential. I still have it, even though it was a rough night. But um, so teams around me, you know, have Lugo, have Strider. Obviously, you don't get that far without Strider on teams, etc. So they got a chance to take those ratios away, not get hurt by those, replace them with someone else who likely didn't do as bad, whatever. And then I don't have that same opportunity with my biggest guy who took my whip and dropped it like point. Oh, like eight. Oh, he dropped it. He, he dropped my whip so many points. Like I, I was down a couple points last night. I went from like 23rd overall to 29th overall because of his outing. Like before his outing was like around 23rd. After he went out and got decimated, I would drop the 29th overall. And it's aggravating because there's people around me and I'm not the only person that had this issue that happened in within the top 30, 40 overall. But it's one of those things where I also didn't get a chance to benefit like some of the other people in the top 33 overall in terms of plugging players in that might have worked out. Like India was supposed to play today. He didn't. Had I had more time, I had a bench spot for him because I there's a guy that I was really fringe bat in the first place, didn't want to put him in over India. But I had an option and I took a chance on India. So whatever, I gambled. That's fine. I'll take the zero for the first half of the week, unfortunately. But stuff like that. It's just little things like where I could have technically made moves had it gone to Tuesday and had the chance to do the free square stuff that everyone else not everyone else, but a lot of people, other people got a chance to benefit from. And I, I just feel like it didn't benefit people equally up and down. You know what I mean? Because we don't, that, yeah. we, we all don't have the same players. Well, that, and that's my biggest thing. And I, it's, it's not just the players part. It's like people have lives. They lock their lineups and thinking that, you know, business as usual to put an arbitrary time, like two hours later when no, not everyone's paying. Like, I didn't get an email. They apparently sent emails out. So I had no email telling me that stuff was changing and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I didn't get that email. I saw some people mention they did get it. So the email yeah, went out, did, but maybe all, maybe but went all did. maybe went to my junk email. Like which happens. Yeah. Like some of the stuff goes to my junk. It just is what it is. But I guess just the bottom line is like, yeah, shit happens and it sucks. It just seemed like the easiest way to make it work for everybody is you lock on Tuesday. Like you just lock Tuesday and you just call it a day. But it didn't happen. So we move on. Just Yep. I I, I got sucks. I got my I, I said my two cents and I said it live here. I have no problem admitting my feelings towards it and all that at the end of the day though yeah it is what it is we move forward and hopefully it doesn't happen again or if it happens again it gets handled a little better because i think everyone i've talked to kind of agrees with the all or nothing approach no one yeah. there's not a lot there's not a lot of people happy with the middle ground they picked exactly 100 the middle ground is just the hardest part there we'll see like i had fun on twitter like i people think i was complaining the whole time but i literally texted the gte group chat mm-hmm. with curling coming i said i'm gonna go troll some people so let's yeah, see how this goes like see, i was like literally people don't just realize fun with it. <laughs> people don't realize that you uh people might not realize that you're very sarcastic on twitter but there's also times where you're serious and sometimes it's hard to read the difference yeah. i know you i know the difference this at this point so i i get it but there are times where people can't people think you might be oh, being yeah. a bit of a dick or yeah, maybe I mean, being like, that a lot and you're, yeah. I mean, you are snarky, don't get me wrong, but oh, yeah. people don't understand that a lot of it comes out of a place of love and you're just trying to screw people. But yeah. I, I get it, because there, there's times where you're serious and people don't know which way to take you. And it's not your fault, it's Twitter, it's the internet. Yeah. Intent oh, I, is so I, hard. No, I enjoyed all of it. It is so hard. It's just so hard in general for people to get a true read on people over the internet because it's the internet. There's no social cues at all. And yep. it's aggravating. So it's one of those things where eh, it is what it is. People are just going to misunderstand or misinterpret things all the time. I hate the internet. I what, hate Twitter what? or X, whatever it's called stupid but let's talk about let's talk about something that people are having a hard time getting a close read on that'd be the tampa bay rays and shane mcclanahan and doctors that's that's the hard thing right now he wouldn't have a second opinion in california they came the rays came back kevin cash came back on tuesday saying it's highly unlikely shane mcclanahan pitches the rest of the season um that surgery is on the table but they're going for another opinion that would be the third one for those keeping track at home that's never good to get a second one let alone a third one so um, yes, you can drop Shane now. He's he's not going to pitch the rest of the year. Surgery just depends on how bad next season is going to be, is what this comes down to. So we don't have a whole lot of analysis on that. You just drop Shane. 
are you interested in any options here? Cause like Taj Bradley hasn't get called up. I think he needs to work on things anyways, but they might not have a choice here pretty soon. Yanni Trinos isn't good. Um, like what, what do you, are Yanni Trinos with Atlanta now? Never mind. Um, the Rossmore Ramirez came in and pitched for him. That's what it was. He's not any good. So what's your thoughts on this Tampa Bay situation? Uh, <laughs> I, I've got as little, I got as much as every, as everyone else. You know, it's, it, I'm just waiting for, I'm waiting at this point. Is glass now going to be the next? I mean, he's already dealing with his back, the back and all that. So yeah. I don't know what's going on there. The Rays are churning out pitchers, but I don't know what they have in the minors or if they have anything left worth. Like, how far? I, I have no idea what's going on with Shane Baz. I know Fleming, I saw him pitching a little bit, so maybe he'll come back. It's not like they have a true, like, hey, this is going to be the fill in. They don't have those guys. I feel like Taj Bradley is that guy. And you mentioned, like, I do think that he might come back up, but I don't know if he's going to regain that form we saw early in the year. He's obviously still working through things. I think it's still there. It's just a matter of, um, that's, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I mean, we saw Dallas Keuchel make a start this year. So I don't know what Any, the thing is possible. That's what I'm getting at. But at the same time, it's like, it's like, I don't, this, this team's just, they went out and got Savale and they're converting Zach Littell or, is it Lytle? It's Lytle, right? Lytle. It doesn't matter. He shouldn't be relevant. Twenty, almost twenty-eight years old. Random reliever turned starter because it's the Rays. Um, I'm just wondering if they can do. Can, can they re? Can they bring back maybe a little bit of Jalen Beeks? We've seen Jalen Beeks. I feel like we've seen him be something in the past. For yep. was it the Giants for a little bit? Uh, or, he, he did it with the Rays actually. Was it with but, the Rays? Uh, I, I, yeah. I swear, it's just one of those things where I swear Jalen Beeks was with the Giants. He was, was a Giant at one point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Are you was sure? Lytle. So was Lytle. I'm yeah. sure Beeks was. I feel like I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe it's not Beeks and things. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the Rays will figure it out. But yeah, this is a. There's no the fantasy uh, fallout. I don't think there is one right now. I think Lytle's kind of like the guy you want to have, and he's already rostered in most leagues because he's been decent since he's been converted. But he would be like the big winner in terms of like he's already guaranteed a spot. It feels like now he's definitely guaranteed a spot in case you know if Bradley was showing signs of life, Lytle probably would have been the first one out. Now Lytle has a secured spot. So it's probably the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway potentially from this is that Lytle probably guarantees a spot the rest of the way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's definitely one of the big takeaways besides Shane O'Max, um 2024 season. Uh, Shane Baz, he had TJ late September last year, so I'd be surprised if we see him back. So, yeah, he's not looking good. Josh Young is hitting the hand, fractured thumb, had surgery on thumb, out six weeks. Um I guess the question is, do you try and hold him? You would be one to ask. I dropped him in the 15-team league. I dropped him this past week. That's Six weeks is already more than like half their main season. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. Uh, Naylor was the fringe drop because I think Naylor, you know, Naylor can also be out six weeks, but he can also yeah. be back in two. Yeah, they said so, three to six. It's like, like they're going to analyze him every week, they said. Like that could change like crazy. And so I dropped him as well, and I don't think uh, Naylor was as big of a, a must drop to others like i dropped them because uh, meanwhile i'm over here i'm the guy who held on to royce lewis which might work out considering yeah, he's <laughs> considering now he's rehabbing yeah, like he'll he should be back next week i have mullins coming back later this week hopefully india so my team's coming around but man it's a uh bit of a mess but yeah back to jung it's he's a drop i don't see how you hold on to him in non-il leagues which in this in this case uh nfc formats like i said i dropped him in the 15 even in il leagues you get two weeks left and even then it's a thumb so are we talking does he come back and really turn does he does he make the 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 actual like time frame set for him and also not just the time frame but does he come back and supply that power production and all that over the two week span i don't know if it's worth it at the end of the day regardless would you be excited to go add ezekiel duran no, he's been awful. I mean, he has yeah. playing. He has playing. He's gonna time. play third base. That's my point. Like, I would say he has playing time now. He does the playing, but how, how, I don't think he's been good for a couple of months. We're not talking like a, a small time. It's been like over a month where he's been kind of Duran of last year, which is why like it was one of those things where I remember like because Duran was running hot and this whole really team. You, you wanted every part of this Rangers team, but Duran is just a guy that you don't really. I don't. I wouldn't go out of my way to get him. I'll t- if he's there, I'll take him type of thing. Like in a deeper format, fifteen teamers, he's not really available in the deeper leagues. But try and look at what his yes. Yeah, so in July, forty-two WRC plus. August so far, nineteen WRC plus. He just suddenly hit like a wall after June. It's just like complete like like seven seventy-eight OPS, a nine twenty-one OPS, over a thousand OPS, then five eighteen and four sixty-one respectively for Duran, and that's. OPS per month so you can see he's just not been himself for going on two months now I just I'm not going I, I, I 
he's a good spec ad for sure because we know the upside's there. But Durant's not a guy I would go out of my way to make sure I get him on any team. Heck, I dropped him in a 12 team roto league. It's a home league. I dropped him. This was before the news though. So would I go back out and get him? Maybe I'm not like like oh I go do it right now. You know I'm not dropping everything. Um, question for you: Do you have any sharp objects near you right now? Screwdriver. Can you please put that somewhere else? Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. just left the game after getting hit on the hand. X-rays were negative. X-rays were negative. I'm good. Okay, I just wanted to throw that out there because that's that would just like completely cripple Curly. Oh, my, my team. <laughs> I, I mentioned I mentioned Naylor and Jung. That's coming off of yeah. two weeks of like Royce Lewis uh, injury, like three weeks ago or so. The uh, Mullins re-injury, another injury uh, about two weeks ago now. India's ten day IL stint. My team is in shambles. I got Brandon Woodruff back, great, but it's not going to help him. The rest of my off, like my whole offense that got me here, is falling apart. So yeah, Acuna getting hurt. Actually, being negative is great. If he misses a few days at this point, I'll take it. He hasn't. Yeah. He managed, remember he got hit in the shoulder that stinger that looked awful. Yeah. Came back the next didn't game. Didn't phase him at all. Yeah. So maybe he, maybe I do think it's a hand, but hopefully. Yep. But wasn't Loriano's injury initially uh, an X-ray was negative, and then like ended That's up being because with the swelling to get like the micro fractures, the swelling's got to go down. The X-ray will not see it. That's the thing. So I'm, I'm I mean I'm hopeful, but honestly, dude, if at least remember, remember remember the same day, Adelise Garcia and Chris Bryant both got hit. The X-ray is negative. Adelise came back like three days later. Bryant went on the IL with a broken hand. Because once this folly went down, here's the I'm thing. Not, I'm not wishing that upon you. I'm no, just saying. Here, here's the thing. At this point, the way my team's trending, I, I at least will have an excuse. Like all these injuries, you know. Like, yeah. I, I just, I, it's, 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 it's awful, man. It's, it's been one that's been very unfortunate, very bad luck for me. And it's one of the things where it's like I'm laughing it off. And I'm trying to play through the luck. But even the players, like even the players I added this week, I have seven. I have half of my offense sitting on a Tuesday, and yeah, for no reason, rough. like. Randomly, Willie Adamas decided he didn't want to be a starter, um, <laughs> uh, among other things. Like I, uh, the Cormick's just out on a on a random Tuesday after having Monday off. I don't understand um, stuff like that. Just a bunch of that happening today. Curtis Mead, I know he's not a full time guy. I should have known better, but I still got him. And he started versus a lefty and a righty in back to back games. So it was like, okay, cool, no platoon risk because he's obviously getting starts right away. Sits the first game of the week. But I, I know again, it's the Rays. I wasn't too surprised. Just frustrating because the timing of it. It's just like all these guys I went out and got. They all are just like, just seven of them, seven out of fourteen are sitting in the second day of, this, of the week. So that's fun. Coming off a day, coming off a really bad offensive day yesterday. Hey, but at least Nolan Jones hit a home run, right? There you go. Of course, War Dogs up. Um, question for you on the Royce Lewis front here. So like Polanco's at second, Correa is at short, Julian's DHing, uh Willie Castro's at third. Are we thinking Royce goes to third or uh maybe Julian goes to th- or to second, Polanco goes to third and Royce DHs? How do you think that's going to play out? Um just I don't know at this point. Just for fun. I th- yeah, I trust me. That that's actually so I think Rob shout out to Rob D again. He actually commented something about him being a a platoon bat so i jokingly said like last time because remember the comment me and him went back and forth on that yeah. so but he it is, it is a tough one but at the end of the day he came back this year and before he played third base he was in the outfield even in the minors and i feel like if there's a spot for him it would be in the, in the outfield if they plan on going that route buxton can because buxton's out right now too uh, michael taylor is michael taylor you know like he was a fourth outfielder before all the injuries anyway um, if Walner slows down over the next week, I don't think Walner's spot is necessarily secured. So I think the outfield could easily be a fit for him, but also there's a chance that Polanco ends up on the IL the next day or two anyway. It's just the way it works. So, but in all seriousness, I think it's going to work. I think it'll work itself out. I do think that – I don't think that they're going to bring Lewis back and, and optional. That just seems weird for a team that's competing and needing offense. I think Lewis will get his way in there. But where he plays is to be determined. I can easily see a spot in the like a corner outfield spot. I mean, they could probably use him in center if they really. I just don't know if they want to risk him out there. But this wasn't like a leg injury. This was a a freak oblique, you know, like any yep. time you swing. So I don't know. I, I think the outfield is a legitimate possibility just because they weren't hesitant to start him out there coming off the second ACL injury in in the minors. Why would they sure. suddenly be hesitant to do it now off of an oblique when they need the outfield help more than anywhere else in the infield right now? Yeah, we'll see. Because when Buxton comes back, he'll probably go to DH. That makes Julian like it's it's a lot of moving parts in Minnesota. So I'm really curious we'll to see how that play. But it's a lot of ifs because they have so many injury prone guys too. Like that might all might the dust might settle on its own. Well, and you mentioned it. Third base right now, I guess would be kind of open, right? If, yeah, uh, really if Julian's, I would say yeah. if yeah, it's really Castro. Come on. Exactly. So right now there is a spot. 
right now there is a spot with Buxton uh, out. So there is that. It kind of works itself out. And like you said, and we all know, I doubt this whole infield stays healthy the rest of the season. So there's that. But I do think the outfield would still be a possibility. People are poo-pooing the idea of it. And I just I don't know I, I don't know it's definitely wide open. I think I think it's a I think it's a great spot for them to get them in if they can't find anywhere else. But we'll see. I think it's I mean and Kurloff's out. So can can one of them can uh, Julian play first? Can one of them play first base to allow uh, Lewis to stay in the infield? I don't know. There's a lot of Polanco played first in the past. I think right. Uh, yeah, Polanco. I believe yeah. So lots so of ways to go. Lots I think it'll I think it'll work itself out for sure. Uh, Carlos Rodon to the IL with the hamstring injury. He's been bad. That's the nicest way I could say it since coming back. The question I have for you, he's going to be out for two weeks. Maybe he comes back beginning of September if all things go well. Are you holding him? What are you doing with Carlos Rodon? Because he's basically been an average pitcher at best right now. I mean, 12-teamers, I guess he's probably droppable. How long do you think he's out with this? Probably at least at least 10 days, obviously, so at least two weeks. I don't know. I think you're still holding him out. It's hard to envision a better option, like a player with more option, a player with a an option on your bench or free agency that has a higher upside than Rodon is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So fair. that's why I think you're holding for now just to see where it goes. But if it's like, if it turns into like, hey, this is going to be like three to four weeks, I think you could drop him knowing he's going to be out like half the remaining season type of thing. But if we're talking a min stay, I know he's been underwhelming, but Rodon's just a guy that we know the talent's there. And if he gets right, he's the type of guy that in the final month can like give him four or five starts in that final month. And he could be a difference maker for most teams, especially if things are tight. If you need strikeouts, if you need win upside or if you need ratio help, I think, I don't think Rodon's this underwhelming. I just don't think this is who he is. Maybe he's, he might be still dealing with lingering back issues. I mean, obviously the, the back, the hamstring, it's all kind of part of the mechanics. Maybe it's just a lost year for him. I just don't know if I'm Would you rather to... have Cole Reagan's or Carlos Rodon right now. Right now, you gotta go Reagan's. Reagan's is uh that's why this is Reagan, interesting. Reagan for president right now, there right? Like he's he's looking great, dude. I mean, and I, if it, if it was if we had more than a month and a half or eight weeks left, I would say Rodon, but we don't. Yep. So you got you take the healthy arm who's performing. That's why that's the only reason why I'm bringing up the conversation is it's like a totally different situation right now. You need every every pitch right now that you can get. To that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a realistic name. Like Reagan's a great name, but I'm trying to think of a realistic name people would drop Rodon for. And I think that that's kind of like you're getting to those names. The the Reagan, the um. Uh, we'll talk about something like would Brendan Fott be one? Uh, I guess Fott Fott's looks so good. So Seth, I, I think you would take your chance on those guys over Rodon because again, it's all about health. Those guys are healthy, so. Yeah, so that, that's kind of where we're at right now. That's why I want yeah, to bring it up I, as a I, conversation. I dr- I've dropped a third of my team that shouldn't be on the free agency. So, yes, I, I'm aware. It's, it's, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is awful. Another guy going to the IL, and I will probably be dropping him this weekend, is Brian Wu of the Seattle Mariners. He has a forearm inflammation. Is what they're calling it. They don't seem too concerned with it. I think it might be just because he's worked a ton this year. I think we're going to see this with a lot of young pitchers. Um, they made a, a different roster move for now, but there's rumors that Emerson Hancock is coming up as well. Uh, Wu's been great, but he has, you know, hasn't been as dominant, I should say, of late. He's still been good, not as dominant though. Uh, it's been really just two really bad starts all year. Uh, are you dropping Wu? Because I think I will be this weekend. Well, it's an IL stint, and it's for an arm issue. So, and he, he's already like he's uh, already at his. He already actually hit. He was just at. Oh, yeah. no. It's, he's at 99 the... pitches last year. He was at 50 or 56. So he's well over. His, he's like 30 pitches over already. 30 yeah, he's already innings. Yeah. Right, I pulled up. I pulled up. Han- I'm like, I'm like, where's Wu's major league numbers? I'm looking at Hancock's. Uh, because <laughs> uh, I'm looking at his, I just pulled up his numbers real quick just to look because he's been rather underwhelming. Hancock's been very underwhelming. Yes. Because you expected more out of him. But I mean, there's some like he should have a better strand rate. His bad is a little inflated. But how much of that? Like, I don't know how much. I you know we don't have the same access to double A data that we do the major league data. And twenty four years old at double A, I feel like he should be doing better anyway. So there's that. But uh, I'm not over. Like I won't. I wouldn't go crazy for Hancock. I would bet on the upside a little bit there, just because we know of the prospect he can be or supposed to be. But I don't think I would go nuts like, like making a must add when, he, when it when or if he comes up. But uh, Wu, yeah, Wu's probably honestly any pitcher with an injury right now is droppable. Like if tomorrow Woodruff went right back on the IL, I'm probably dropping him after all this year after waiting on him this whole year. Uh, yeah, this is one of those things where like you, this is more strategy ish. Like you don't Wait, have here's, to. Here, here's a question for you. Let's do this. Let's do this scenario. It's like your Rodons, your Woos for now. Would you Ooh. drop them for a Ladolo or a Hunter Green? 
Yes, because those guys are coming back. You, those guys have ETAs. They're already still at the beginning of September. And, and if Rodon's back at the beginning of September. I, yeah, but yeah, but if we're getting Rodon back and Rodon's been who Rodon's been, I think I trust Lodolo and Green to be better rest of the season. Okay. Okay. For those two specific uh, options, better team context, even arguably. The Yankees are, are awful. Yes, but uh but it's also how many i gotta go see the schedules are they all home or road games that month you know there's a lot because like, we see the splits you know i hate to say it but the splits matter and not that i would not start them at home during the home stretch. excuse me but um it's still one of those things where the splits matter man and those home road splits are very very noticeable for uh for the reds players but anyway uh yeah it's one of those things where i just i like my if i'm gonna stash a guy who's injured i like them getting close to a rehab or already rehabbing especially a pitcher like if there's like hey they're on their rehab it's like sweet i want that but if they're like yeah they might start rehab next week well rehab plus three weeks for the rehab assignments give or take so it's like you know what i mean like you kind of like what if this lingers for Rodon and he has to go on a rehab so he's that's at least part of it as so well yeah you have 10 days out plus a rehab start so it's already two weeks gone right there yeah. minimum and that's assuming that because uh, this sounds like it's gonna be more than a skip start yeah, situation. I don't think, yeah i don't think it's a uh, the minimum type thing so so that's why i'm like yeah i i'd rather have my guys uh my pitcher i'm stashing be close to or already definitely already throwing and probably starting rehab assignment otherwise at this point of the year it's not worth stashing them kyle wright shouldn't be stashed probably at this point i don't think kyle no. wright's rehabbing for reference no he's probably not coming back anytime soon uh last guy i want to ask you about tim anderson he doesn't know where he's at right now either but um he's hurt again he's been horrible this season We've talked about it many times on different shows. Drop, hold, what are we doing? Is it time to just say, screw it, if you still have Tim Anderson, and just drop him? When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, I'm wondering why we haven't dropped him yet. He's still rostered <laughs> in a lot of places. That's why I'm asking. No, I know. I think it's a lot of it, a lot of it's the team context. But um, for reference, I, I'm trying to think of. I guess we'll get to some names later. But like right now, Bryce Terang hitting well, playing very very well. Why yeah. why not get Bryce Terang? Like, at this point, you should be streaming hot hot hands. You should be streaming schedules. Like look at schedules and streaming players with playing time. Get those play appearances. Get those stats. Tim Anderson. I don't think he's gonna go on this a league winning heater could he go on a september run that's like six home runs five stolen bases of course but do I, it's hard to bet on that other than saying well look he's done it before in the past he's been so awful this year how do we suddenly think you know what maybe J Ram knocked some sense into him i don't know what to think otherwise there but really i got nothing there i, I yeah. think that uh tim anderson's probably a guy that you should probably move on from all right i agree with you completely let's talk fab for the week let's have some fun with this one 
Um, we t- we're talking uh, OCs here, 12 teamers. Kerwin might throw in some uh, snippets from the other side, but the most added player in 12 team leagues. Davis Schneider added an 88 league, so not even in every league because that's where we are this time of the year. As high as $38, as low as one. We'll get to where he went in my leagues because I roster him everywhere now. Very, very big uh, Davis Schneider fan, and I'll explain why later as well. But um, over the weekend, he hit 692 with two home runs, five RBIs. Obviously, he was never going to hit that good again. He was 0 for 4 on Monday, had the day off on Tuesday. Um, they did say they want to play him pretty much every day, though. They've been moving wit to the outfield. So I think it might just be a day off for the youngster. That's so why I'm crossing my fingers that it's a day off for the youngster. But what's your thoughts on this David Schneider, who had 21 homers and nine stolen bases in AAA? Yeah, he was a guy I was really interested on. He also he sat today, too. Yeah, that's like. what I just said. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm losing my track of my days. I apologize. I was just looking <laughs> at the schedule. Cause, well, because, like, again, one, one of my seven players that sat today was also Matt Chapman. So it's weird that they sat him and Chapman. I feel like they could have easily oh. used one or the other today. Anyway, um, yeah, I think he'll play every day. I, 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 one of my many tweets, because that's all I do is tweet about players, was about him recently. Just a lot to like there in terms of like the profile. He just looks like a strong, steady producer. You mentioned a little bit of power, twenty home runs. I believe what was it nine, nine for twelve? I think on the stolen bases mm-hmm. on the on the, while he was down there. Yep. And the thing was is that that strong plate discipline. I know it's a very small sample for for Schneider, but that strong plate discipline carried over. So still has a strong plate discipline. Uh, a lot just why not bet on the upside there he's gonna play sounds like he's gonna play he's already been playing second base obviously so middle infield option if you need it uh, i wouldn't bank on the steals i know he'll run but nine stone bases and i'm pretty sure they have the same rules that major league has right with the with the or did they not take those rules yet i don't know if the uh you're talking about like the the, the stone base rules. yeah i'm pretty sure yes 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 so to see only nine of 12 i'm like eh, i would more so be looking at him like a, a steady eddie um second base type with some home runs some good batting average which he's going to be solid i think he'll chip in some steals like he's not going to be a zero there but schneider's a guy that he's like i'd rather have schneider over tim anderson for reference right now why not take the shot there good call i like that one quite a bit so yeah i was all in on schneider we'll talk about ads later but i pretty much roster him in every league i'm a part of it seems like right now um and i'll explain my bidding i overbid for a reason because i have the funds to do so we talked about this but now is the time to make sure you get the guys you need to get but i will say bryce terang was on those lists those waterfalls that middle infield uh we won't get to Terang today but he's hitting for power speed and average over the last couple of weeks he's playing very well kind of like the player curland hoped he'd be to start the season he, so he was that way to start the season okay he's, he can, he's he's found it again which is yeah, good but to see. I, he didn't find his way on my roster i got bid on him yeah, yeah, he was popular this week for sure. Not in 12s, but in 15s. Uh, Brennan Fott, he was the next guy on the list here. Added in 87 leagues, as high as $51, as low as one. I added him in at least one league last week. Tried to add him in a few more this week. Um, I was nervous because he's places the Dodgers on Tuesday night. We're recording the game is just about to start. So we'll know more about that later. But in the three starts since coming back, 18 and two-thirds innings, seven earned runs, 16 Ks, two walks. He's looked a lot better. The pitch mix has been changed up a ton. He was heavy fastball before. He's gone away from heavy fastball. Um, what's your thoughts on Brendan Fott? Because to me, it's you know, it's a, it's a really good prospect pitcher. He struggled. He keeps going back and working on things. Maybe he's figuring it out now. It's to me, it was worth a chance. And we're, you know, we've been talking about all these injured pitchers. This is a guy that, uh, if he has figured it out, could be one of those kind of game changers for a couple weeks at least. <sighs> I just, I think he finally figured it out. I think Brendan Fott just. God, fought his way just, through it. Fought, fought, yeah, way fought, through fought, it. fought his you. way through it. God. I got you. I was like, it was just like so natural to be so Jeff yep. Erickson there. Yep. Um, yeah, he really just kind of figured it out. I think it's one of those things you give a rookie a chance to adapt. Not the problem is we saw so much success from rookies so quickly this year that we didn't give Fought the chance to like figure it out, and we wanted him to. We expect him to just have it, you know. And I think he's there now. Is he going to struggle along the way? Absolutely, but I think what he's showing is kind of the player we should we've expected him to be and there's reasons to believe it because he carried that hype for a reason initially i don't think he's going to be a ace level pitcher rest of season but i think he can easily be an sp3 type upside which is really a top what 36 or top mm-hmm. 45 45 depending on which format you play in whatever but uh i think still getting a top 50 pitcher rest of season is very valuable for your for your team so i think brandon fought on the low, like can easily produce that assuming that these changes that we've seen and the production we've seen of late can stick and i tend to buy it a little more i know it's hard to buy on such a little small sample and all that but i do think he's closer to this guy than the guy we saw 
prior to him figuring it out. Yep, I'm with you. I'm, I'm on board with that. Like I said, I've already added at least one share. I think I might add another one this week. We'll check that out. Not sure if he got locked in or not uh, this week. Um, next up, Luis Gifo picked up an 87 leagues, as high as 35, as low as a dollar. I wrote about him this past week because he makes me laugh. Every year is a stretch where Rangifo crushes and we all want to roster him. Uh, he's super – the positional flexibility is amazing for Rangifo. Like he plays everywhere, which is great, especially with all the injuries this year. Over like the last two weeks since July 22nd, he's hitting 323, striking out 14% of the time, three doubles, two triples, four home runs. Not stealing any bags, but he's leading off for the Angels um, that if they ever figure out a like, baseball game, might pay off even more. But he's been super productive, and I understand why people wanted to roll with him, at least the hot hand for now. Like he, I'd rather have him than Tim Anderson right now. So what's your thoughts on Luis Rangifo? I just never can buy in. And You go look at his splits, he's doing it again. He has His, his OPS against lefties is 896 with a 380 Woba, 143 WC plus, a.k.a. great numbers, like way above average numbers against anybody and lefties, right? So against righties, his OPS is 655. With an 82 diversity plus, 100 is league average for reference. Like that's that's the barometer to where you want to be. 100 is right around league average or is league average. And 143 means you're 43 points better. 82 means you're what? 18 points below average. And he's and Rangifo, in spite of the production, he's not hitting righties still. So not that they're they're not really facing any lefties either. So not a whole lot of them anyway. And that's why I'm like, he's still producing. So maybe those numbers are catching up a little bit, but imagine how bad they were then before he got, I'm looking at his splits right now. So Rangifo's a guy that like, it's a hot streak. He did this last year and I think you ride it, but I don't think I'm not buying into it. Like this is one of those things where I don't care how good he finishes the end of the year. I think entering next year, it's going to be the same situation all over again. It's going to be the same. Kyle thing. Tucker grand slam off Bautista to take the lead for the Astros. Oh, I don't and I have Bautista Tucker. and Tucker. That just hurts me in both ways. It's, it's a good and a bad. Sorry. I'm not happy because it's not a player I care about right now. It's not my guy. Sorry, Luis Rangifo. Continue. That's it. Just it's, it's <laughs> that's, that's it. I got nothing. He's just it's just <laughs> yeah. He's a dude. I, I'm with you. I rarely get him right, but uh, I'll ride the hot streak while we can. And that's exactly uh, all it is. It's a hot streak, I think. But right, this it, is it. this is one I'm very intrigued by because I tweeted about this over the weekend. Chase Silseth added an 81 leagues as high as 47 dollars, as low as one. Dude's been great. Rejoined the rotation on July 19th. He's made three starts. He went seven innings his last time up, but four total earned runs over 17 and two-thirds. It's two runs or less each game. He has 26 Ks, two of those outings, 10 or more Ks. 204 ERA, 204 XFIP, which is pretty solid. 17.3% swinging strike, a 62% contact rate, 35% O swing. He's been filthy for the three starts he's made. The thing I have struggled with is they have a six-man rotation in Anaheim, and he's still not a part of it. Because he's filling in for Griffin Canyon, who's supposed to be back this week. And like, if you went to Rotowire and look at the projected starters, he didn't even have a start this week. Like, he'll probably find his way into the rotation somehow. But the fact they can't just lock him into a spot, I am baffled by. And that's what kind of kept me back on bidding. I might regret this later on. But what's your thoughts on Chase Silseth and the potential of him actually getting in the rotation? <sighs> How are they not putting him in the rotation? They want. They made a point to go out and try their I'll best to. To make them like themselves a competitor, he's done nothing but prove like, hey, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Like every cliche you want. So that so so Seth has looked absolutely filthy. Filthy? Does that work? <laughs> he's been yeah. filthy, man. It's he's been filthy. It's been all yeah. It's, it's just it's corny. But last three starts, less uh, what two earned runs in one start, and that was the seven inning start. Five innings or more in all three. Uh, one earned run in, or less in two of them. Ten strikeouts twice in, in an outing. Like. Yep. He's been a stud. So Seth needs to be rostered everywhere, and he should be started because even even once a week, if this is what he is right now, and he's done it against, I mean, Seattle and New York aren't great, but he did it against Atlanta. Like the, that's where the strikeouts weren't there actually, but it's Atlanta, and we're talking about five runs, five innings of one run ball on a solo shot. Like that's still very filthy considering it was Atlanta. So uh, all things considered, I think you got to just plug him in. And even if it's for the one start weeks, man, he's been too good not to not to just plug him in, see where it goes at this point. Yep, I'm with you. He's been filthy. I just need them to like lock it in. And I'm very angry that they haven't. Uh, Carlos Hernandez uh, added an 80 leagues as high as 57, as low as one. He's the man in the back of that bullpen for uh, Kansas City. But uh, it hasn't been as peachy keen as we'd like, uh, the, like even on Monday night, for instance. It wasn't Lockdown City 
four in runs, two walks and a strikeout. Um, obviously, if you added him, you rostered him, you started him. What's, do you have any thoughts on Carlos Hernandez? I have him. I sat him this week, thank God, because I couldn't imagine what would have what my whip would have looked like if I had him and uh, Estevez go last night. Because I know uh, Bloomfield, buddy of the uh, yeah. friend of the pod, you know the saying that everyone loves. Uh, Bloomfield, he well, he you have your own pod with him, but yeah, he's uh, he had both of them go in one in one team, and that's that's brutal. That's that's hard to come back from, you know, at this point of the year too, because it's just one of those things where you don't think it, like over the over the full season, it feels like it doesn't. Like it feels like you wouldn't notice it, but it's one of those things where I'm noticing everything so much more right now. Everything's amplified in my brain. Maybe it's because I, I know it's coming down to crunch time. My team sucks, but uh, right now, anyway. But yeah, enough about my team. Back to this. Uh, yeah, Hernandez is a guy that I think you still have to. He, he's he's just it's weird, man, because he's been so good all year. Is the new role affecting his affecting him? Is he not? Like he's just not been as effective as last few outings. I think it could. Just, I think it's more so a blip on the radar, and you kind of see where it goes. But by no means is he a must start guy unless you're desperate for saves because that's the only reason why you stash him in the first place right i don't think this team has anything to prove or play for so there's no reason why they can't let hernandez figure it out and stay in that role but at the end of the day i think hernandez is still a guy worthy of worthy of stashing or at least holding on to like in 15s i have no interest in dropping him i have for that's where i'm at in a 15 team where i don't think you're dropping hernandez but benching was fine i benched him this week because i just that last outing i'm like and i just didn't like the way they used him between the last outing that they brought him in early, like in the seventh, and then the, I think he struggled a little bit before. I was like, all right, I'm gonna put him on the bench, see what happens, see what they're gonna do with him. And then they brought him back out, and he screwed it up. So I'm not sure how long the leash will be. I don't know the usage, and I want to see him get right and get on track. But I do think in 15s you hold anything shallower, probably don't need to be chasing saves with Hernandez. So yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you there. I like him, but yeah, the amount of saves that you might get with Kansas City, as you said, is gonna be the uh, the tricky part there, to say the least. Uh, Matt Walner, we kind of hit on him earlier. We talked about him before, picked up in 76 leagues as high as 68, as low as a dollar. Um, Walner's been pretty interesting since getting called up on the 17th, 238 average, but six home runs, 13 runs scored, and 12 RBIs strikes out a good amount. I believe you're the one that says he's like Joey Gallo. It makes I think we, sense. I think that's what we yeah. comped him to last time, like, on yeah. the, like a couple and, weeks and ago. He, he checks out, it does, but he's playing great. He's on the strong side of a platoon. I know in 15s, I think he's very valuable if the matchups are right. And in 12s, maybe, I don't know if he's got too much of a 12 intrigue, but I like him. Just realize it could come crashing down quickly, too, with Walner. With Walner, it's simple. If you're chasing power, you go after him. 18.5% barrel rate, 50% hard hit rate. Those are the stats you look at. You're like, okay, cool. There's power there. And, yes, uh, a max EV of 113, two straight seasons, 113.7, 113.8. Pretty impressive. Walner is uh gallo gallo is walner you know ihorn is finkel we talked about this i think this was like last week we had this discussion maybe because i know you dropped that line on me last week so yeah but walner that's what it is you know what you're going for he's going to play everything it's righties he sits he sits against the majority of lefties did start against one of the last two so technically not a strict platoon but pretty strict you know it's five he started against two of the last five uh left-handed pitchers overall that they faced over the last 30 days so walner's yeah, it is what it is. Like, no more, no point in really uh, beating a dead horse. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm going to jump around now and talk about some different guys that just uh, names have been mentioned a lot. And one's going to be Jake Bowers. Bowers was added in 58 or 58 leagues as high as 25, as low as a dollar. We know the crazy Anthony Rizzo situation with the um, concussion symptoms 67 days later. Um, so he's going to be out for some time. Bowers is going to play a lot of first base, a little bit of outfield as well. Bowers was recalled on the 23rd or came back from injury on the 23rd, I should say. Hit, he's hitting 222, four homers. He hit two of those homers last week. Strikes out a ton, but he does have that power. It's like almost another Joey Gallo-type profile we're looking at with Jake Bowers. What kind of interest did you have in a guy like Jake Bowers this week if you're in need of power, first base outfield eligibility? Um. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I looked at him. He was on Waterfalls. Was not a, like a major target of mine, just because I've played that game before. Been burned. He's Bowers has been running hot and cold all year. You know he's gonna play for the Yankees. You know the playing times there and all that. I think part of it was also like I'm trying to remember the schedule. Just something about it. I was like I wasn't. I didn't. I, didn't, I remember having him high, but like not more than two dollars. Like I was keeping it also very cheap this week. But Bowers is a guy that you're streaming for the power upside in that ballpark and. The playing time he kind of checks those boxes of playing time performing and ballpark and that's kind of all you can ask for when you're streaming guys in deeper formats i don't think he's 12 team viable and he's pretty much in a strict platoon he's not getting lefties so you got to understand that the lefty 
play playing time isn't there, so he needs to have those righties. But you do know Bowers will um, lead off at least or bat top two in the lineup for the most part against righties right now while he's running hot. So again, fits he he checks those boxes as a streamer in 15s and 12s. He's very fringe, very very fringe. As in like I, I have a hard time. You'd have to be really desperate chasing power and like maybe a really good schedule or something to even consider him in a 12. I'd say. Jake yeah, yeah, he, first half of the week it was C Tuki Toussaint and Clevenger, not bad. Second half of the week, though, Lazardo, Alcantara, Yuri Perez. So in Miami to top it off. So that's a little sketchy. Uh next week it's at Atlanta with Freed Elder Morton. Interesting. And then Bayo Crawford Pavetta to end the week in Boston. So yeah, we'll see how that pans out for uh Jake Bowers. A couple more here. Mike Talkman. Uh, he's been adding a lot of 15s, 12s are starting to catch on finally. 54 leagues as high as 38, as low as a dollar. He went deep again on Tuesday, by the way. Just on the season, 278, six homers, 43 runs, 40 RBIs, five stolen bases. OVP skills are still great. I keep waiting for this to end for Mike Talkman, and it doesn't, Mike. So are you just saying, screw it, I'm rolling with Talkman until it stops, or, or what are your thoughts on him? Bingo. I, you don't have to, again, it goes back to you don't have to believe it to to bank the stats you know you just ride the hot hand man sometimes it's all it is talking can have a really good rest of the season get overdrafted next year and be next year's um what manessas is coming around so it's probably not fair comp but maybe schwindel or insert guy that i mean manessas came around but took him half a year to be solid you know decent for Mm -hmm. fantasy but my point is, is he could be that guy next year where it's like oh remember he had this hype before and look he did this half a season and you can have them then. I'm not doing it, but yeah. yeah, so that's what it is. It doesn't matter what you think about them, it doesn't matter what you believe, it doesn't matter what the underlying numbers say. Honestly, it's it's all about what they're doing for you. And if they're gonna if he's producing, he's he's found a role that works for him. Mike Talkman's definitely a viable fantasy option that you're just rolling with until the wheels fall off. I think the last guy I'm gonna bring up here before we recap our moves of the week is Cole Reagans. We kind of hinted at him earlier, but picked up in 52 leagues as high as 13, as low as a dollar. That's going to change next week, most likely. Uh, he had a two-step this week. That's why I was kind of surprised by how little he was picked up. He was at Boston, filthy. Gets St. Louis this weekend. Next week, he faces possibly the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley. Um, Reagans, like I said, six and two-thirds, one and 11 Ks on Monday night in Boston. But even his two previous starts, six shutout with eight Ks against the Mets last week. Made a spot start against the Rays earlier this year. Five innings, one or three Ks. Uh, after that start, they, they, they've they been stretching them out in the minors as well. Very effective stuff here from Mr. Reagans. So I bought in. What are your thoughts on him? Oh, yeah, there's a lot to like here. Like a mid to upper 90s fastball. He can get it up there if he needs to, but he doesn't usually need to because, I mean, it's different as an RP versus an SP. We, we know that. So it's not really fair to, you know, compare the two, but – Three starts for Kansas City, at least five innings in all three, six innings in two out of the three, um, one and runner less in all three. Um, it's one of those things where it's just it's wild. Like it, it's not sustainable, but fifty percent ground ball rate. Uh, this is actually, and it's funny because it's at one point it's with a one ERA basically. XFIP with two sixty six. All right, cool. He's still a sub three uh, estimated pitcher. And then look at Reagan Sierra three even. So of course he's pitching over his head. No pitcher is supposed to have a one ERA. But this is also with a three forty one BABIP. So the BABIP is actually inflated for Reagan's while he's producing. So it's weird. It's one of those things where there's give and take in the profile. It's not all uh, good luck for him. The strikeouts are there. He has the arsenal. Reagan's. I think there's a lot to like and buy into, and why not ride it out again? See where it goes. But. Even at his worst right now, he's a, the indicators are suggesting at worst a three ERA pitcher, which is still a rock-solid pitcher regardless of team context. And we're talking about such a great line for him. Only one win out of three starts because, again, it is the Royals. So you need to understand that wins aren't – so if you're chasing wins, this isn't your guy. But if you're chasing uh, ratio help and strikeouts, definitely your guy right now. Yeah, that's that's the, uh, the deal is the wins will be a massive issue. With him, and that goes back to the Carlos Hernandez and the save situations in Kansas City. It's just a revolving door there. All right, Curlin, let's recap our fab pickups of the week. You said you went cheap. What did you roll with on your 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 main event deal? Um, so I don't want to talk about my main event right now. All right, um, let's see my moves real quick. I can probably think about them on the fly here. So I went. I'm just looking at my. I'm looking at my team right now. I should have probably prepped better. So Joey Weimer because the. the the playing time's been there, some production. You know how he's been up and down. 
grabbed him for two bucks unopposed. Actually, I tweeted this. Why don't I just find my tweet? I tweet everything. Um, <laughs> so I know he, I grabbed him unopposed, but a lot of it was just, you know, let me go ahead and attack the schedule for him. Cause I know, again, the course, the core schedule, the, the Colorado schedule was like a big draw for me. Playing time, skill set, just wanted to tag it. Michael Taylor, three, three, unopposed, three to zero, coming off a big week. And of course, he's done nothing for me, but the plan, I'm getting, I'm attacking play appearances. Curtis Mead was an upside play. I got him for cheap, six to four in a 15 teamer. I was happy with that price, considering the amount of money I have left. Um, take a shot on Mead. I was big on him in the preseason. I know there's a little bit of power a little bit of speed and the raise he's the race top prospect he was showing signs of life coming up so that was my uh biggest out of the week the other one was jordan diaz two bucks to nothing g-man Choi for a buck just for depth uh because he's getting the strong side platoon over there in san diego and a guy that i'm cautious optimistic about and i know you probably heard he's dead to you this year but rowdy telez grabbed him in a main this is a 15 team league two bucks he's starting a rehab this week yep. why not i lost josh I, naylor why not take a shot on a guy who's probably gonna come back hit towards the middle lineup and be a strong side mm-hmm. platoon bat probably Fifteens, I love that move just to speculate for cheap. Twelves, I didn't hate it if you could afford it. Uh, it's just tough to like. I just held like on twelves, like I told you in chats, I held on to Naylor because I'm still speculating speculating that he comes back. Because the only thing, the question I have with Telez is, and you guys know my love for Telez on the show by now, is they got Carlos Santana, who's still you know he's playing decent, not great. Does he move out of the way for Telez? Like, how does that work? Because they're both lefties. That's that's my question I have for that scenario. Well, you said Santana, right? Yeah, Santana's a switch hitter though, so I think Santana gets full time play appearances at first base, and it's the DH that becomes Rowdy's uh, via, or they'll flip flop, uh, you know, first base DH. But I think Rowdy's going to be strong side platoon now. They're going to, they're going. I think they're going to. I mean, why wouldn't they put him back in a strong side platoon? Oh, I, I agree. I'm just trying to figure it out because, yeah, you look at all that because um, DH right now they got Mark Connor, so he's, he's platoons with Connor. I could see that actually. That's what I'm saying. Connor can get lefties because yeah. he's the righty, and that's what that's where I'm picturing those two. I can see that work for sure. And, okay. and Connor kind of bounces out between the outfield, infield, and you know, hey, Connor played first base tonight because Santana got scratched with an illness. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Connor can play the third, can play first base, can play the fourth outfield role, DH. I think that that's where he'll fall into. But I dropped, for instance, I told you I dropped Jung, I dropped Naylor, I dropped Luciano. That was easy, obviously. Canzone, Ginkle, and Jankowski. There was too many lefties on the schedule for Texas. So yeah, I just kind of made, I just cooled down too. Okay. Yeah, he really did. So I'm just kind of turning and burning right now, full turn bird mode. And then Telez was just a big time spec because I needed to take a shot on the upside in the corner after losing two corner infielders and waiting and still waiting for India and others to return. So um, I'm biding my time and hoping for the best. But those were my moves this week in my main league. So a lot yeah. like, like Jordan Diaz, maybe he'll gain some eligibility too. He's been playing third base and stuff. So there's that. I like I honestly I like a lot of those specs for deeper formats. Diaz has been actually stinky powerful if you really look at it. And mm-hmm. I love the Telez call. I, I really do. I, I talked about some, that with some guys offline that he's on the radar because of the rehab. All right, for me, OC first OC here. I picked up David Schneider. Dropped O'Neill Cruz. Like they just keep like pussyfooting him around. Like I want to keep Cruz, but I don't know what they're doing with him. Uh, that was twelve to seven. Runner up to seven. You'll get a trend here. Runner up. The bids changed in every league. I added Brennan Fott, dropped Ben Lively, and I, I know I bid high on these. Again, I told you I have extra cash compared to others. I need to lock down certain guys. So I got Fat, dropped Ben Lively, four to nothing. Uh, d- added Cole Reagans, dropped Bryce Elder, four to nothing. Elder's broken in my mind. I added Mitch Garver. This one stings. Um, for Luis Campusano, who had a two run, two two home run game on Monday, but Garver's yeah, been amazing rough. as well. Garver, he hit, he's hit in every game last week, three home runs last week. Uh, Garver will get more playing time because Kenji Sano is almost like on a 50-50 platoon with Sanchez right now, which is freaking bonkers to me. Um, but, yeah, that was two to nothing. So that one ne- never fails on a Monday to have that one come and snipe you right in the ass. Um, next OC, Dennis Schneider uh, – or Davis Schneider, sorry. Dropped Tommy Pham. This was 23-4. to four, Had a lot of money in this league. I added Jake Bowers. I, this is the league that I have – like my hitting points are horrific, so I was going straight for power production. So I added Bowers, dropped Luke Rayley, who's been very inconsistent, 17-7. to Added Luis Medina, dropped Ezekiel Tovar. Tovar went deep on Monday. He wouldn't have been on my bench anyways, though, so that didn't really matter. Uh, my next OC, added Schneider, dropped Ryan Nelson, 23-0. to No runner-up bid in that one. Added Luis Medina, dropped Ben Lively. So as you can tell, a lot of similar players like we usually do on these formats. But, uh, yeah, it uh, a lot of uh, Schneider, Medina – type scenarios now i have two shares of fought reagan's uh, i got him in deeper leagues as well so big fan of cole reagan's this week all right let's take a few listener questions before we head on out of there uh first off we have a, a question from the crowd right now 
Then Tid comments, you should have had someone special on for number 600, not Curland. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I, I realized that. I told you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was episode 600. Like, I didn't click. I, I retweeted your tweets multiple times, and I didn't. That's uh, all good. Uh, some questions notice. for us. Uh, Timothy says, in your opinion, how far back is too far back to win the overall the NFBC main event or the <laughs> online championship? There's under a third of the season remaining. Well, yeah. So we actually talked about that under there because I, I like that Guild's – chimed in because he has experience i really did he might have done pretty well a few times in these things yeah yeah so i i really did like the idea of um i really did like the fact that i thought maybe top 30 still a chance but yeah i think top 20 is pushing it top 15 top 10 is where you want to be right now because you have to chip away at it a little bit every single year or every single week so that's where i thought about in the main i don't know but i couldn't tell you about ocs I, i feel like there's such a wild west to them but at the same time the teams at the top, I feel like as long as they can keep turning and burning those stats, I feel like they can just keep those leads a little easier because there's so many options and ways to fill needs and such from week to week. You know what I mean? Yep. hundred uh, percent. Andy Splinter asks, what moves did you make during the free look-in? I made zero. And I'm sorry. I didn't know about it. Andy Splinter says, what moves did you make during the free look-in? I made zero. Oh. I didn't know about it. Well, you asked me about it. I made uh, I made what I could. I actually did go team by team and look at literally who what was on the bench, what I had plugged in. Like I got Joey Votto in on a team that didn't I didn't need him that week or didn't want him. I was like, well, screw him and take that home run, because uh, I know like, they're going to face a couple lefties, etc. So I I did. I made a point to use it because again, I'm not going to not take advantage of it. And these are for they were just you know it's my one main event which had most of the players were late games unfortunately but then like i just took advantage of it where i could so my dc is pretty much because i did mostly dcs this year so i just came, went through all the benches tried plugging in the stats so that i it benched and i think i actually got campusano like I, I sat campusano i think initially well not anymore so <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not above saying i u- utilized it i'm not gonna sit there and act like i didn't and i love campusano so i have him on a lot of dcs but so do i i had him rostered in all those i just dropped him my oc and i hate it already yes yeah so it's one of those things where it's uh i drafted campusano in my main too that's funny i just you, obviously injury but um it's one of those things where it's frustrating because obviously i wasn't a fan of how they handled it but you'd be dumb not to take advantage of it if you knew you could yep that's the the next question the guild says did the owner swapping out strider and lugo have no integrity None at all. You're a terrible person because I know he did both. I think he actually did both. I think yeah. he actually did both. He, he did both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave Petroziello. That's why this is this is the comical part of the show, people. We've already like had our fun with this. Dave Petroziello asks, "Who is the head czar of any future NFC site mishaps?" He votes for Zach Waxman. Absolutely. Is there any other? Yeah. Is there any other answer? There's no other answer to that. No. No. That, that he is the the man that should be wearing the crown after Curlin passes it on i'm already i think the king's dead we're gonna have to give the crown to someone else we'll see who the prince is um but that'll do it curlin another episode in the books i got you in i got you out you can go take your little go, go get your siesta in go, go get some sleep um any final thoughts as we have about what seven weeks of the season left to go <sighs> I'm, I'm ready for a break blah blah like it's it's yeah, it's mentally it's not even the content as much as it is like i think the content would be so draining if i didn't have to be reminded by the ups and downs of my league every day as i'm doing the content like because the content (laughs) goes so hand in hand with what i'm needing in my league and what i'm doing and then when i do something that isn't working but my content is still covering it all it's like how did i miss not that i miss it but it's like i should have been more on this guy i wasn't more i wasn't aggressive on this guy or i just don't have the money for it and some of the people are spending more more aggressively than i am right now which is weird because normally i'm pretty aggressive but anyway it's what it is what it is um i think just all of us are ready for that break at this point now and it's it's much deserved for all of us i'm tired i'm I'm genuinely tired and i still the thing is though this is the first year i made it this far and i'm like i'm still somewhat enjoying it for the most part it's not just a grind it's not just taxing there are aspects of it i'm still enjoying following along with and that goes like i'm I'm happy i'm there because like honestly it's the first time in years where i can say i've gotten this far i'm like you know what although i'm ready for a break I actually still enjoy it most days. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a lot of fun. I'm loving it. Um, I've never spent this much time on Saturdays focused on fab. I still don't take nearly as much time as other people. I know I'm very well aware of that, but like I have like my paper I always have out. I'm putting certain stats down. Like it's way different than normal. I'm like way into it, which is fun. And I'm gonna keep doing it because I'm grinding. I have a handful of leagues I'm trying to hang on right now. And it's a uh, last like 10 days have been a, a roller coaster ride of emotions as curling can attest to for his Dang. leagues as well. Hey. <laughs> um, it's, it's like literally, I feel like you know, uh, Bruce Willis and was it Cliffhanger or whatever? No, that's that's Stallone, Stallone and Cliffhanger is just like trying to hang on, just trying to hang on a little bit longer. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But make sure y'all follow Mike on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. I'm at BD Entrick. 
thank you all for 600 hopefully maybe 100 more 600 more i don't know but uh, we'll be back to you guys next week week recap in week 20 and much much more catch y'all later to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.